Factory Stock Podcast Winners Edition following the AAA Insurance Midwest Nationals, the penultimate race of the 2019 season. And we have a first-time winner. David Kramer joins us and talks about how he got the job done. Well, we've been working on the car setup a lot. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been entering it uh, in uh, this uh, factory showdown car in Cop Eliminator a lot of times and focused solely on trying to get this thing to react quicker. So we did some stuff that uh, I don't know if anybody else is doing, but it seems to be working because I've never been known as a fast weaver, but it's been pretty consistent and it's been doing a really a good job and the car has just been working awesomely. Kramer goes into detail about his race win and the preparation it took, his whole shot victories in the semi and final round. He also goes in depth on how challenging the Samtech factory stock showdown cars are to drive. Not only are they heavy, but they are hard to handle. This thing has a kind of mind of its own. It can be at the top of second, it tries to break those nine-inch tires loose. It could be at the top of third, it tries to break the tires loose, or it can do it right off the hip. That's why it's so important to stand these things up on the back rear tires to get down this racetrack, because it's hard to get 1,400-plus horsepower down on a nine-inch tire. Kramer picking up his first win and certainly will not be his last. Also joining us, Samtech.edu's Brian Massengill to break down what might have been the best race of the season. Massengill goes in depth on the race, the round by round, and what might end up being the most important factor. I think we're in a really good place right now in terms of uh, parity. We're not talking about rules adjustments. We're not talking about anything but the actual racing, and, that, and that's, that's exciting. Those stories and more, including Drew Skillman all but winning the 2019 Samtech.edu Factory Stock Showdown Championship with his semifinal performance. I'm Joe Costello. I am your podcast host, and this is Factory Stock Podcast. Click subscribe, write a review. The season is not over by any means, we have got Brian Massengill, we have got David Kramer, and we have got some of the most interesting and compelling stories in all of drag racing. The big cars, the heavy cars, the fast cars, the factory stock cars are coming at you. And it is all brought to you by the folks from Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Start your education at full speed with Samtech.edu. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience. In the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. In addition to blockhead and CNC programs, Samtech now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an Associate of Applied Science degree. And SAM is a military-friendly school, approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today and what a race it was samtech.edu factory stock showdown triple a insurance midwest nationals and the point standings before we get to our guests the point standings are as follows drew skillman continues to lead 561 points 63 ahead of bill skillman his dad who has told us is not going to go to the final race so the championship is all but decided archie cone arthur archie cone Number three, 452, Bo Butner, fourth, 435, Stephen Bell, fifth, 426, David Barton, sixth, 340, and that's where it gets tight. Randy Taylor, seventh, Chris Holbrook, eighth, Kevin Skinner, ninth, and Scott Libisher. They're tied. Kevin Skinner and Scott Libisher, ninth and tenth. Ryan Pretty, 11th, 258, Leah is 12th. So the battle for the top 10 positions is tight. How high in the points can you go? This top uh, six is really on the line for any of those racers. Stephen Bell has separated a little bit from fifth. So it is going to be a very interesting points battle. The championship is all but decided. Who will win the final race? That is all on the line. But right now, we have got to get into it. Joining us now, he is the most recent race winner, a first-time winner, picked up the trophy out there in St. Louis. And I love speaking with first-time Factory Stock Showdown winners, David Kramer. Dave, welcome to W. Dave, welcome to Factory Stock Podcast. Congratulations. Hey, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Huge win 
program, relatively new. It wasn't that long ago. We spoke at the track. You were rolling out the car, and now you have brought home a trophy in factory stock. How does it feel? Yeah, it feels feels pretty awesome, Joe. This is uh, this is by far. You know, I've been racing since I was fifteen, and I hate to give you my age, but I'm fifty eight right now. And uh, this car is, and this class, to be honest with you, is probably one of the funnest cars I've ever driven. Uh, it just, <laughs> it's a handful. I mean, they are, uh, they are a lot of, a lot of fun to drive and, and uh, a lot of concentration that goes into it. And a lot of manual stuff that you have to do versus some of the other classes. I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Comp Eliminator and raced that for multiple years. And Derek grew up racing Comp Eliminator also. And, uh, that thing was, uh, this thing is a, is a, is a handful. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. You know, uh, the, tell me about the Comp Eliminator cars because I just want to juxtapose the weight, right? You had a dragster from what I remember, and you still have a dragster. And um, this thing is like a giant tank compared to what you, you raced over there. Yeah, I'm a, I, I uh, cut my teeth in Comp in an A Econo dragster. And then uh, most recently, I've got an A dragster automatic with one of the old uh, Hemi Pro Stock engines. So. That thing weighs about 1,680 pounds versus 3,575, and it is, you're right, it is a tank to get shut down and a, a tank to get off the line versus that uh, cop car. It was like a like a rocket ship. Uh, again, it's the cop car is a lot faster, don't get me wrong, but it's all automatic shifters and and uh, trans brake button, and this, uh, this uh, factory showdown car is, it's all your foot and your lights and your hand shifting it all manually, it's, like I said, and the fun, the one of the things that I'm having a hard time getting used to is that front end so high in the air when that second gear shift light comes on. A little different than in the drag. Well, exactly, but it, it just goes to show, and, and most of our listeners here are fans of factory stock, but the car doesn't have to be super lightweight and super fast in terms of uh, ET, like down in the sixes, to be fun. You've been there, and uh, it sounds like you're having more fun now. Oh my God! This, like I said, this this car is a a breeze to drive. It's got power windows, believe it or not. You come around the corner at the shutdown road, and you roll the windows down with a little switch on your hand. <laughs> it is uh, it is totally amazing to to get in a car that you could basically drive off the showroom lot, other than the motor and tranny, obviously. But the interior, the power windows, um, uh, glass standard doors, glass all the way around come around the corner, roll the windows down, pick up your time slip and drive it back to the trailer. It is and running in the seventh. So it is at about 170 plus mile an hour. So it is just a riot to drive and a blast to uh, blast to race. Very exciting. No, I, we love them too. And that's why we started the podcast. And uh, what, what was the genesis of deciding to get involved? You know, I want to talk about your round by round and your driving job was just so great. Um, but you know, you got a pro stocker already. Kid runs pro stock, doing really well. The family is involved in all kinds of different racing. You wanted to be involved in something. So, you know, how did you guys decide, you know what, this is what we're going to do. And then, of course, getting the KB guys involved for power. Great decision, obviously. Well, I really wanted to run comp, but uh, bring it, bringing a 262-inch dragster in a pro-stock trailer with already a pro-stock car and our car that we have to go back and forth to the airport with was the biggest limiting factor. We just I just couldn't haul both the pro-stock the pro car and my comp eliminator dragster anywhere. So, uh, as you're probably aware of, we have a 2017 Copo that my daughter Daria drives in stock eliminator, and... Uh, Obviously, we can put two door cars up on top on top of our semi trailer when we're running around to all these national events. So, and uh, and stock is a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, but we wanted something that's almost kind of like a pro stock car where you're all out, don't have to worry about breakouts. The first one that gets their wins, and then of course Jason Lyon and Greg Anderson twisted my arm a little bit and uh, wanted to get really get involved in that and start building some motors in this uh, factory showdown class. And since we're already a lease customer and and a partner with them on the, on the pro stock car. It was a really, really good fit. This was their first win, as I understand it, making power for factory stock showdown, at very least in its current inclination where everybody is supercharged. And uh, it, it, that's a milestone. And on the starting line, as you were staging up for the final, which we'll talk about, you know, you got Greg Anderson and Jason Line standing right behind your car. That tells me everything I need to know about the trajectory of this category. 
Yeah, we're uh, when I say that we're all in it. We're definitely all in it. You know, we got Pete Gasco on there as a, as a team member, also as well as Kevin Lumsden uh, running KB Power. So there's three of us out of the KB stable right now, and all very, very competitive and all very, very fast. So we're we're pretty excited with the direction we're going uh, and the direction KB is going with this uh, with this class. All right, let's talk about your round by round. Starting off with first round, uh, where you went up against David Janik and the Janik brothers. They've got uh, you know Stanfield Power, and what's interesting is that you know we got Holbrook Power over there on the Ford side of the uh, the universe, and uh, you know Stanfields and KB and Barton and all the real heavy hitter engine builders are involved in this. And you did a great job on the starting line. 021 reaction time, 797. And uh, they, they were unable to get hooked up for one reason or another, ran 912. But uh, that was a stout pass round one. Yeah, that was probably the first time I could actually let the front end come down and watch the second gear shift light come on. I was short shifting and qualifying, so the car has a lot more capabilities than what I was showing in qualifying. I ended up qualifying eighth, which probably should have been in the fourth or fifth. Uh, area because of the fact that I was pulling it out of low a little early because I was having a hard time getting used to that front end in the air and not seeing where I was going. I'm relatively new to this class. This is, I think, my fourth, third or fourth race in it. So, like I say, it's just been so much fun uh, trying to get this on. And, and the Janet brothers have just been awesome. I finally got to, I got to meet them this weekend and, and welcome them to the Pro Stock ranks with the Aaron Stanfield driving the Pro Stock car. But I got to talk to David quite a bit. And nice guy. Just really enjoyed visiting with those guys. Yes, and now that you mentioned that, like I think that they uh, giving Aaron the opportunity to run Pro Stock is so great. It helps Pro Stock, right, to get another young, uh, excellent driver out there. Like you guys, heavily involved in Pro Stock and Factory Stock. They're in Factory Stock and Pro Stock. And to me, it just shows the crossover of the two classes, right? Like different shaped cars, different weight cars, but the people who are in them are the same. There's a lot of the same uh, hybrid back and forth. And, and we're, we kind of joke around as this, this is not really factory show on It's junior pro stock. So it's, it's, uh, and I gotta be honest with you, Greg and Jason kind of, kind of threw me a bone to be honest with you. And we thought, well, this would be fun, something to do in between rounds of pro stock. Oh boy, we have a lot of work to do in this car. <laughs> These things don't just uh, don't just drive themselves and do themselves. This is a lot of engine swap and converter swap and rear end swap and uh, but it's twice as hard to work on versus the pro stock car. That's for sure. Well, exactly. And uh, we had Jason on a couple of weeks ago. At, you know, after one of his race wins, I had him on my uh, WFO Radio NHRA Nitro podcast and asked him a couple of questions that were pertinent to factory stock, and we listened to it here. And uh, you know, he said he was laughing kind of at uh, all of you guys. Who, who have dived into the class, like, this is not some entry-level deal, man. This is, uh, this is pro stock with a different wrapper. Well, that's for sure, because I originally did this. I was going to shake this car down and, and drive it for a little while. And like I talked about, my daughter, Daria, is running our 2017 Copo in the stock eliminator class. And I thought, well, let her run it this year and put her in the showdown car for next year. But this is a handful. I don't think she's quite ready for this thing yet. <laughs> This, this thing has a kind of mind of its own. It could be at the top of second. It, t- it tries to break those nine-inch tires loose. It could be at the top of third. It tries to break the tires loose, or it can do it right off the hip. That's why it's so important to stand these things up on the back rear tires to get down this racetrack, because it's hard to get 1,400-plus horsepower down on a nine-inch tire. Very interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool to hear you say that, and I love hearing experienced drivers who have gone very quick and fast many, many times struggle. Right. That means it's tough. And I always wonder these guys who, you know, can not see the track for a couple of seconds and just be cool about it. That that's always very amazing to me. And that's what you guys are doing. And and you obviously are you know getting used to it. Wheels up. Can't see the horizon car really accelerating. And you just got to trust and feel that it's going straight. And I guess you handled it pretty well. Yeah, that's that's the key. To that. You got to trust and feel that that you got the car set up right and it's going straight down the groove. And your and your crew people uh, got you lined up in the right spot, so it is going straight down the groove. Versus, because you could come down on top of the guardrail, you could come down on top of the center line. You have no idea because you cannot see one thing in that car while you're 
up there and, and you know you're on a good run when it's carrying the front end and your shift light comes on for second gear. That means you're you're on a pass. Yes, yes. Okay, second round uh, after the big first round victory on Saturday, second round. Now you got to go up against a uh, heavy hitter, Stephen Bell. And Stephen, uh, you know, he was unable to get all the way down the racetrack. But again, though, 024 reaction time. Uh, not quite best of the round because Archie Cohn is, uh, and you guys would meet eventually later. But what do you attribute these excellent reaction times to, Dave? Like a 804 171, a solid pass, got the job done. But your reaction times were not only were they excellent, but they were grouped very tightly. Well, we've been working on the car setup a lot. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been entering in, uh, in uh, this uh, factory showdown car in Cop Eliminator a lot of times. And- focus solely on trying to get this thing to react quicker so we did some stuff that uh, i don't know if everybody else is doing but it seems to be working because <laughs> i've never been known as a fast weaver but it's been pretty consistent and it's been doing a really a good job and the car has just been working awesomely now you mentioned uh you know stomping the gas pedal that's kind of interesting in that uh you know pro tree but leaving with the gas pedal as opposed to a trans brake that uh i don't that doesn't happen anywhere else no, it doesn't happen anywhere else. And like I say, when we're running in comp, I just have to look at that that uh, very uh, bottom bulb. So when that thing flashes, just like it does in the, you know in the pro tree, you just let go of the, let go of your basically the brake. You got a, a two step switch in your brake, and you, you set it at so many RPMs. And as soon as you see a flash, you just let that you let your left foot go as fast as you can, almost like dumping a clutch on a pro start car. Interesting, interesting. Now you're going to the semifinals, and I want to pause you there and ask you about Chris Vang. Everybody who listened to Factory Stock Podcast last week, and I encourage all of our listeners to go out there, uh, we, ha- we had him on because he is a Samtech graduate, and he can speak about why he went to samtech.edu, but also uh, he is involved with the pro stock car. He's involved with your whole operation. At that time, we were unaware that you were going to go out and win this race. So now we get to speak with you. Uh, tell me a little bit about Chris and the job he has done for you and your team. Obviously, you won this race. And so, you know, he's got to be pretty good at it. I was very, very, um, I loved hearing him talk about how he's literally living his life's dream right now working with you guys. Oh, yeah, he is a great asset to our team. I mean, phenomenal on the clutch, phenomenal on the setup. He's a racer at heart. He's raced juniors his whole life. He races his, his gorgeous 67 uh, Chevelle in Super Street and uh, does a bunch of top dragster racing with his mom and dad and, and, and races Super Cup with his mom and dad and his sister. So he's he's racer true and true, and uh, uh, you're, you're never going to find anybody that's going to outwork him. He, he is dedicated and uh, he takes interest in pretty much any single class there is in drag racing. It impressed me that he had a job at Madcap and left to go to school. You know, a lot of people, they're like, well, you know, I'll figure it out. I'm already got the job where I want to be in the engine shop, and I'll just learn along the way. Uh, when he left the job to go to Samtech, that told me a lot about him. Well, yeah, he was a customer. I was obviously a customer at Madcap with V Games in the Pro Stock Car with the Hemis, and I did Chris when he worked there when he was, 15 and 16 before he went to Samtech and uh, went to Samtech, came back, and we had a, a clutch guy and uh, a truck driver. The guy kind of basically wanted to retire, and uh, I started looking around, and next thing you know, I got a buddy says, hey, this Chris might be, and I can be honest with you, it's kind of hilarious because I knew Chris and that guy, but didn't, it's been quite a few years since he was gone, and I said, well, this new guy's coming back, and I Finally called it up and realized it was Chris. <laughs> so it was pretty 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 comical that I knew him working at Madcap and then he came back and called him on the phone for a job interview and, and uh found out he was with Sam Tech and, and wants to come back and it was the guy that I've known all along. So it worked out really good. We got I believe his first race was Indy. We took him to Indy on a trial basis and he's never left since. Wow, that is that is tremendous, and, and that's one of the reasons we do these uh, podcasts, so people out there can can hear that and maybe uh, you know follow in the footsteps of a Chris Vang. So semifinal round, you versus Jesse Alexandra, who had a great weekend, by the way, and Archie versus Drew oh, yeah. Skillman. Drew Skillman looking like he's going to win the championship. It's pretty much a foregone conclusion, and they have had the best year. Let's face it, the parody rules and all that been kind of dinging them left and right, and they've always uh, rise, ri- risen to the occasion. Um, but uh, bottom line, 012 reaction time to Jesse's 067. 
He outran you. 799-9, you're 801-9, and you are responsible for that victory. That's got to feel great when the driver, I know it's always a combination, right? You didn't blow off the tires, so the team is involved, but the driver won the race that time. Well, after the first two uh, times we ran in the 20s, and the the track was really getting hotter, so we backed the timing off just a little bit on the starting line to make sure it wouldn't blow the tires off. Just like you say, it's real. It's real. uh, If you do that, you don't even have a chance. And and with the lights I was cutting, we tried to be conservative and kind of backed it down. We probably could have put a little bit more in it, to be honest with you, and ran more competitive, but uh, uh, the outcome was was what we wanted. Anyway, so it worked out pretty good. In fact, Jesse was... Jesse was there testing with me at, at uh, the same uh, uh, in Pennsylvania. So we were both running in cop, and we were both testing out getting ready for this race. So that's a tribute to what it, what it helped out, both of us, uh, getting as far as we did in, the, in this race. Excellent that you took that opportunity, and I think that it's important that everybody know that, that uh, this year, Samtech Factory Stock Showdown cars and E3 Sparkplugs Pro Modified cars are welcome in... Uh, comp eliminator so if you know if you want to go you want to test you want to go out there you know the tree is going to be a little different certainly but uh there's a place for you to do it and uh still be participating at the nhra level that that was a a great change that they made yeah and actually we are going to test again in charlotte's in in, in a week before we go to the dallas race so we'll get some more data behind us and and do some more testing to see what the car likes Excellent. So then, final round. Okay, Archie gets around Drew. Drew bows out on a uh, you know a good run. And let me just read to you the uh, you know the ETs and the semis. You're eight hundred one nine. Jesse's a seven ninety nine nine. Archie's seven ninety eight eight. Drew is seven ninety nine six. So just quick yes or no. Has the NHRA tech department achieved a parity level that you feel comfortable with? Boy, I tell you what, they, it took a while, but they have got these cars, whether it be a Chevy, a Ford, or a Dodge, they have got them so close right now. It's 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 a joy to be around, to be honest with you. You know, at first, obviously, as everybody was well aware, the Fords had a big advantage over everybody else, and the Dodges were basically kind of in trouble, and the, and the Chevys kind of hung up in the middle. But now they are so close with with uh, the Dodges showing up. The Fords are always fast, and then now the Chevys are competitive, too. Yes. Final round, couple of Chevys. Arthur Cohen, a.k.a. Archie, Stanfield Racing Engines, Greg Stanfield across the track and standing behind uh, Archie. And then uh, on your side of the track, you got Greg and Jason. And you know Archie is a lever. That's his thing. That's what he does. And he's made a bunch of finals. He's won a lot of... He's won a lot of the whole shots in this race also. He was he was uh, winning on a whole shot. So. And so tell me about pre- preparing so, yeah. for Archie because you you knew that and you brought it all to the starting line and won on a whole shot with a trip zero perfect reaction time. He outran you by, you know, 9,000. But uh, bottom line, you won well, the race because of your trip zero. Well, I think I'm going to have to thank Mikey Heiner for that one. This is the first weekend he has been really involved in watching and, and getting me lined up and, and on this factory show with some encouragement from Jason Lang. And we went up there. We had it pretty hot. We had some timing in it. We were going to go after it because he had us covered a little bit in the semifinals. But right before we get up there, Mikey said, man, I don't know. Dave's been really knocking that tree down. We don't want him to go red. You better back that back off. So right before I started up, Jason came in with a laptop and backed our timing down a little bit so i didn't have much uh, as much in there and and if he would have left then i guarantee i'd have been red wow heiner this guy let me tell you that's one of my guys another i need your opinion on uh on mike heiner because i've you know i've gotten to know him a lot better this year we we've been speaking a lot just uh you know back and forth right on the track socializing fun stuff having a couple of great conversations and i know he's been around for a long time in various motorsports even outside of drag racing and he is a sharp guy like he is very very sharp i know he's your pro stock crew chief you guys have had really strong performances race wins etc just speak a little bit about him and his abilities well, he's very analytical. He has a spreadsheet for just about anything, and he has a is a cause and effect on pretty much anything we decide to do on the pro stock car. And he's busy at home today, I believe, working on spreadsheets for this factory showdown car now. So I think I got him hooked over this last weekend. Really? Oh, Heiner's in, huh? I know he's been like you know interested, but now you're hooking him in. 
I hooked him in after the win, and then uh, again, Jason had a little bit of a uh, little bit to do with it too. And he's just a great guy. He, uh, we we work really good as a team with with Michael and Derek and, and Chris and I, and we all make decisions. We all put our inputs in, and we we get out his spreadsheet and start putting numbers in there and come up with a formula that works in the pro stock car. And he's in the process of doing the same thing for the factory show that car. So you said you will be running Comp Eliminator out there in Charlotte, which makes sense because, uh, you know, uh, Derek's running the countdown and the car's going to be up in the trailer. You might as well run it. Makes perfect sense. Learn. Uh, and then the season finale out there in Dallas, AAA Texas Fall Nationals. While we got you on, uh, you know, getting a win, breaking through, that's the opportunity that everybody wants. It's been a very challenging year with the the rules changes and the parity rules. I know a lot of the Ford guys are a little annoyed uh, that they had to, you know, they did spend a fair amount of money over the course of this uh, project um, going after it and all. But now I feel like the ETs speak for themselves. And we got the final race. It's wide open. Uh, you know, getting your first win. You put a lot of effort into it as well, Dave. So to those other guys who have not yet gotten their first win, I know it's your job to stop them from doing it so you can get your second. But was it all worth it? for you to now have ascended to this and the highest level and what's going on in the class now that you broke through and you won, was all the effort worth it? Oh, it definitely was. Like I said, it is a fun, fun class, but it isn't for the faint of heart. I'll tell you that right now. It's, you've got to be a good driver. You've got to have your A game and you've got to know what's going to happen because this thing is like you said earlier, it is not an entry level class to get in. Even though we're not running in the sixes, we're running in high sevens, but the killer on this, class is that nine inch tire it is it is a handful for anybody who gets behind that wheel yeah (laughs) i can imagine that that is the um the challenging point the limiting point but it did not limit you this weekend and just one more time for the audience out there uh, everybody get this final round trip zero semi-final round 12 uh second round uh 24 first round 21 that is a great day behind the wheel and as much as the car was going down the racetrack the driver semi-final final round one on hole shots the driver got the job done dave congratulations excellent day in st louis thanks joe thanks for having me man appreciate it i appreciate you coming on and uh, i look forward to uh, seeing you guys out there with the car the next couple of weeks thanks for coming on factory stock podcast okay no problem thank you Thanks, Dave. David Kramer, first-time winner in the Samtech.edu factory stock showdown. And I love, I love the attitude. Chris Vang was on last week. Was that good luck? Did they win because Chris was on the podcast? I don't know. I, I doubt it. But maybe. You just never know. They were certainly excited. And I love the fact that he is having as much fun or more fun driving these cars as he did his comp dragster which is quicker and faster and lighter and all that, and he's having a good time out here in these cars. It was a great race. It was very exciting, and the points are all laid out for one final race. And here to talk about this race and look ahead from samtech.edu, Brian Massengill, who is out there on the property. Brian, welcome back. How are you, Joe? I am great. I feel like you know we've had a lot of great races. The start of the season, there's this, uh, this atmosphere around this category when they rolled to the starting line. This had to have been one of our best races, top to bottom, uh, from from the start of the year. Uh, because the the parity, right? Everybody was right yep. in, right on top of each other. Uh we didn't, you know, damage any cars, uh as as certainly not the exterior of any cars. It was a great race. What do you think? I, I agree a hundred percent, you know. Um we we had a lot of whole shot wins in uh, rounds of elimination. Obviously, Dave with that triple O uh, against Archie there in the finals. I mean, whole shot win, and both of them I think they had kind of whole shot of their way to victory pretty much. Um, and so it was a, a really good race uh, from top to bottom. Uh, you know, you hate to see uh, Bo having in trouble in that third qualifying session that kept him from getting in, but that allowed um, one of our racers who had never been with us, Jim Jessick there, uh, he, he was able to get in and, and um, we, we like having new racers race with us and, and get into the show and, and be able to compete. And, and that's what, that's what happened. It was a great race from top to bottom, like you said, and 
Um, I'm looking forward to Dallas. I think that it's going to be more of the same uh, down here in Texas. Absolutely, and the season will draw to a close. And uh, regarding uh, the Bo situation, that was kind of tough. Uh, you know, jumped up there for first round and saw that uh, you know Jeske or is it Jeske or Jessic? Uh, re- I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Jeske, James Jeske. I, I saw him out there and was and went into immediate like uh, you know try to figure out what the story is mode that Bo was not able to answer the call. And then, uh, you know, got connected with Randy Lynn Ship, and they explained what had happened. It's just they had heard an engine, and they just did not have the time to do it. Uh, these cars are not conducive to rapid engine changes. That's one side of it that is very challenging, very complex. In fact, I had a conversation with Kyle Powick about this, like all the effort that goes into an engine change and, you know, using the lift of the trailer and, and right. up and down, right. et cetera, and so on. This is not something that can happen fast. One of the only downsides of the, of the category, being the big factory-style right. cars. Right. And I think the drivers in, in those teams are, are getting to the point where um, – they know how hard they can push everything, and and I know that there's been a lot of rule changes on those Fords this season, and um, and and that's why you're kind of seeing this these catastrophic engine failures, where an engine change would have to happen, and um, and I think they're going to start reining it back, dialing it back a little bit. They are right there. Um, obviously, the the parity is pretty pretty good right now. Um, all Copo final, um, our second one of the year, um, so. Everyone who thought these Fords were just going to run away with everything, that's not the case. We, we've got to get um, these Dodges going a little bit more, and they are right there also. And, and so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens in Dallas. But uh, this was a great race. You know, uh, from top to bottom, you had um, really, really good, fast cars, no incidents on track, um, which, is always a, which is always a plus. Um, and I, I'm just I'm a first-time winner. That's that's always great when you can get another driver uh, into victory lane. Absolutely, and uh, just following the the ebb and flow of the day, qualifying and all. Drew Skillman, that seven eighty five, that was a bit of a shocker, uh, given all that they have done. I like seeing it on the board, though. Uh, that was low et of the event. David Barton had top speed, and I made the comment like top speed which we have heard over, over years, and you would know better than I, uh, you know, at, at Samtech, is uh, indicative of horsepower, right, about your right. overall horsepower. And so the top speed, uh, there was a, a Chevy, a Ford, and a Dodge all up there in terms of speed. They were very, very close. ET was a little bit different. The 785 may be an outlier, but they have been the best over the course of the season. And they have said flat out, the Skillman team, that they are racing for a championship and going forward every run. And so other than that run, I felt like parity was as close as we could possibly expect. And uh, I'm very excited about where we are. Yes, a little a little bummed that it took this long. And yes, the Ford teams, you guys out there, if you're listening, I know that you put a lot of effort into it. But the racing we got right now, like what I saw this past weekend, if we could keep it like that, Wow, that would be very, very good. No, we had a, a lot of fans in the stands. Um, you know, that's always that's always a good thing that that um, we've been in St. Louis so long that they know the class and you they know that we're worth watching because there's going to be something exciting happening. It's going to be great side by side racing, and uh, and and the fans really enjoy this race, and and we really enjoy being at this track. You know, um, back to. Drew, you know, he's he and Bill switched cars this weekend. You and I talked about it a little bit. Where I, I thought that I was going crazy. Um, you know, I, I've been talking to Drew, and he's been in a red car all season, and suddenly he's in a black car. And and I thought I, I thought that I had been at the track too long, and uh, and was going insane. So they did. Uh, there's some strategic uh, switching of drivers and and stuff. They they trust that black car more than they trust the red car. Obviously, Bill has won a uh, NMCA championship in that black car already. So um, they went with a steady car and the combination that they, they felt like uh, would give Drew the best shot to go rounds. Um, and clearly saw Bill had issues uh, in E1, and they're probably really happy that they made that switch when they did. Um, a lot of uh, good racing left, like I said before. Uh, it's It's kind of all but... Drew's uh, championship at this point, which um, I think he's got to go one round and he's got it locked up. So a little different from last year, but it's still there's still some battles out there to to have. Archie's 
Uh, you know, he's made the finals three times and uh, hasn't won a race yet. I think that he's got a really good shot still. I mean, he's clearly got the reaction times. He clearly has a fast car. We just got to get him pointed straight. And uh, and I think that um, he's he's going to be right there coming up in Dallas. You know, we'll, we'll obviously pre- preview Dallas, but there's still a lot of good racing left for second place to get into the top ten, all that. And, and St. Louis um, showed that, hey, there's a lot of really fast cars, a lot of really fast cars, and and we're very close. And um, I'm I'm excited to see what the last race of the season is going to bring. Exactly, and it's going to be fun when uh, you know we can have conversations about teams, crew chiefs, crew members, strategy, reaction times, uh, more so than parity rules and pulleys and, and, and all right. of that. I feel like this race was a, a good example of what it's going to be. Leah, like, let's, let's talk. You know, Drew had to run Bill first round. Bill had a problem. They said they had no oil pressure. Um, you know, with all due respect, uh, you know, m- maybe that is true. And, yes, probably it is true. But part of me, like a teeny tiny little percent, thinks, hey, man, there's no way on earth that Bill was going to go out there and beat Drew first round anyway. So... Okay, it is what it is. Uh, that's just uh, that's just me. There's a you know it's very small cynical side in there, but I think it's the right move anyway. You got to run each other first round. It, it is what it is, and and right. Obviously, we would have loved to have gotten an, another alternate in there, but um, you know from from talking with them, it does not seem like it it was an issue until they got to the water box. And and again, you know, they I can point at hey, they switched cars. They knew that this car was having some issues to begin with, so. Um, you know, but they got the draw that they wanted, obviously, from qualifying, but they, they did a good job. And, um, and yeah, I, I you know, part, you, you have to think that way, but I, I don't know that it's true that they, they knew that there were going to be issues and, or they were going to try to make the run or what, but it's better that they didn't. If there were issues, obviously, we don't need to be shutting down and cleaning up uh, the track for an extended period of well, time, exactly. whether it's a wrecked car or oil down or anything like that. I think that that was the right thing to do to not risk anything. Um, and you definitely don't want to try to run against your son and, and get crazy and take him and yourself out. Um, you know, that, it just makes no sense. Now. There's a lot of debate about right. that in the mellow yellow series. And I just think that, uh, you know, anyone that would damage their own championship hopes like that is, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I wouldn't agree with that being a smart move. And so, uh, right. Maybe, maybe the Skillmans are out there and they'll be like, no, Joe, listen, absolutely there was a problem and maybe there was. But uh, yet and still, I don't know, if Bill had gone out there and beaten Drew round one of this race, opening the door for others, I, I think that would have been a bad race strategy, frankly. And so, yeah, absolutely. Regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but absolutely. I know there are people that disagree with me, but that's the way I think. Uh, uh, simple as right. that. You mentioned Jesse Alexandra uh, takes down Randy Rampage Taylor in the first round. So Jesse, who had a crash earlier this year, is back and goes all the way uh, to the semifinal round. That was really cool. Archie and David Barton. David Barton's cars quick, fast. Uh, he's he's getting there. Uh, gets taken out first round though by Archie, and uh, he's really good on the tree. We see that later on. Doug Hamp takes down the alternate. That was James Jeske, who filled in for Bo Leah getting her first round win of the season. I almost didn't believe that. I remember, you know, she qualified early in the season, but she got her first round win over Ryan Pretty, and her car is running uh, quick and fast, certainly on par with many of the other cars out there, right in the middle of the field, certainly, um, you know, as, as, as good as many. And Leah gets the win. Mark Powick gets the win over Scott Libisher. Uh, David Kramer takes the win over David Janik. That's kind of interesting because they both had cars in pro stock as well. And Stephen Bell beats Pete Gasco in the first round. And Stephen Bell, 797, showing that that's still a very, very powerful car. Setting up round two where Jesse Alexander takes down Mark Powick. Powick told me they had engine problems, that something was happening and they were slowing down run after run. It was going away. And the 8-20 second round kind of surprised me, but allowed Jesse to go on to the, the, the semifinal. Drew beat uh, Doug Hamp. David Kramer beat Stephen Bell. Stephen went right towards the walls. Crazy. And Archie just put one on Leah. 0-11. Yep. Whole shot. And took yep. down uh, El Bandito. Semifinal, Dave Kramer beats De- Jesse Alexandra. And this is when Dave Kramer starts to shine. His reaction times on the day, we just talked to him about it, and he, he, he said that 
testing and comp eliminator is what really helped him work on reaction time of the car. Not so much his. He had a 21, a 24, a 12, and a trip trip zip. Good day at the racetrack. Archie was uh, took down Drew on a whole shot. And so Dave and Archie and the final two guys that were leaving, trip zero, Dave Kramer wins his first race on a whole shot by 9,000. 9,000 whole shot, actually. And uh, walking away from Archie Cohn. You got Mike Heiner out there on the starting line. It was uh, first win for KB Racing in terms of making power. A lot of headlines coming out of this race. I know it is. And, and it's like you said, there's there's still storylines to to that will unfold as, as heading into Dallas. You know, um, there's... Uh, I think I said in the last podcast that, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see two first time winners and here we are, we've got, I'm, I'm halfway right. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, there's still a lot of really fast cars out there that for one reason or another, just haven't had that edge, whether it's losing on hole shots or, or just, uh, you know, tire shake in the middle of the track, something like that. But we're going to get ready for or Dallas these teams are and they're going to give it everything they've got there's definitely some people that um you know I don't know that there's a spoiler role anymore but there's some some of these drivers that that are so close to getting that first victory or that first victory of the season that they're they're ready and they they want to get back on the track so um there's some good momentum to to still get from Dallas heading into the next year I I don't know um, what our rules package is going to look like for next year yet. Um, we're hoping to have that out. And I say we, I mean, uh, the class as a whole is hoping that that comes out um, pretty soon. And so everyone can get to work on the 2020 season. It better um, not it come is, out tomorrow, is. though, Brian. That's all I'm saying. No, it, I don't think I don't <laughs> think that it'll be that soon. I hope that it's not that soon. I think that we're we're going to get to Dallas and, um, and, and not know quite yet what, what the rules package will be, but hopefully soon after Dallas. There'll be something put together. You know, they we we got our schedule out very early for us at least this year. And um, you know, in talking with the drivers, they all they all seem pretty happy with where we're headed. Um, obviously, there's some people. Hey, why aren't we there? Why aren't we there? Well, we've we've discussed this in the past, and um, it's just the way that it shook out. But everyone seems happy moving forward. Um, they all want to get back to Dallas and get back on the track and and find out, figure out some of the gremlins that they've had these last few races. There's some really fast cars that, like you said uh, earlier about Mark, you know, they just started, power just started going away. And and so there's some teams that are um, going to look at Dallas and say, okay, we're going to get this, and then we're going to look for the rules package and figure out what we're going to do for 2020. Um, You know, hopefully we'll have that. So anybody who is a listener and not a current driver or doesn't have a Factory Stock Showdown team will have enough time to uh, get a combination together in the off season, so that we're not um, up against the, the, I won't say deadline, but the first race. You know, if you miss that, sometimes you just feel like, hey, you know what? I missed that. I don't have the points. I, I'm going to wait another year and figure it all out. But um, I, I think we're in a really good place right now in terms of uh, parity. We are not talking about rules adjustments. We're not talking about anything but the actual racing, and, that, and that's that's exciting. Very um, exciting. Because it was a very exciting race. And I think they're going to be in for a good show in Dallas. You heard me like a little uh, podcast PTSD in that, you know, as soon as you finish one, some sort of big piece of breaking news comes out, like rules change or schedule. And, uh, you know, it's it's out there until the next one. But um, I'm looking forward to the 2020 rules. Let's talk about some of the, the, the racers, though. And, and we'll rehash this again yeah. as we get ready for Dallas. Just, okay, let's, uh, we cannot, I, we, I'll let everybody behind the scenes. Brian and I had a bit of a heart attack moment out there because we were talking about Drew Skillman for all intents and purposes locking up the championship this past weekend in St. Louis because, um, you know, if he went X amount of rounds more than Bo, we knew that Bill had said he is not going to compete in the final race for a longstanding commitment that he has had. And so technically, uh, you know, the points would have would continue until Bill does not show up for that final race. But for a moment, we were like, oh, my goodness, Drew is going to walk out of this race, potentially knowing that he is the champ. And it is my opinion that, you know, that is the case. Uh, it's just right. a matter of we got to get to the race in Dallas and Bill has to not show up. And then Drew will pretty much be the champ. Is that how you right. see it? Yes. Yeah, so so right now, um, the only way 
for Drew, I believe, to lose the championship would be if he does not show up to Dallas and Bill wins the race. That's that's really the only thing there. Um, if Drew Arch, Archie's in third right now, and based on the math that I did yesterday, um, if Drew didn't show up and Archie won the race, he would finish with 560 points to Drew's 561. Um, so we can get Archie was last season in a, uh, very, very tight battle. We had three, uh, Stephen Bell, Archie and Leah were with all, all within five points of each other. It might've been even three points of each other headed into the last race. And it was really a last man standing in, in our case, it was a last woman standing. Um, so she won, uh, the championship, obviously Leah did. Um, but, uh, but it, it's, there's a little anticlimacticness to the to the championship. We know it it's going to be Drew unless something drastically changes in the next uh couple of weeks here. But um but there's still like I said there's there's still a lot to be uh fought, to fight for. You know, Archie's trying to get that second spot. Um right. Bell's, second spot. That's uh, to Bo, fight for. You know, that's uh, and that would be improvement. You know, last year I think that uh, Archie and Stephen Bell were tied in points because they both went out the same number of rounds, and tiebreaker went to Stephen because of heads-up racing, or uh, I can't remember all the tiebreaker rules. So Archie has a three on the side of his car, and he wants to keep improving. And uh, there's only two spots. Obviously, everybody wants that number one, but uh, there's something to be said to show improvement over last year. Um, you know, it just uh, it took us a while to get that parity. Um, at the beginning of the season, and and we finally did, and we're starting to see um, how good this racing can really be. I think that uh, just looking at the points, and everybody, they are available on NHRA.com. The battle is for second, right? And you got Bill Skillman, who's not going to be there. Is he going to be able to hold on to that? Probably not. Uh, Archie Cohn, Bo Butner, Stephen Bell, all in the mix for two through uh, you know, five, right? That that is the battle right. right there, which is awesome. You got you got uh, three racers all battling. Technically, four racers battling for the second position. If if uh, Bill was going to be there, he would have a big leg up on it, and certainly has been the second best on the season. The Skillman team has dominated. But at the other uh, side of the points, like the bottom half of the top ten, Brian, we know just from years and years of years of following all racing, being in the top ten is significant finishing in the top 10 it's a big deal and people would much rather finish ninth uh, or 10th than or 11th or 12th that's just the way it is and when you look at it you got david barton sixth randy taylor seventh chris holbrook eighth kevin skinner ninth and scott libisher all within a stone's throw of one another and that's the top 10 with ryan pretty and leah and david janik all on the outside mark powick charging hard so all of those drivers are racing for something. Even Pete Gasco. If Gasco goes out and wins the last race, uh, I think he'll be in the top 10. And that, to me, a top 10 season, one way or another, is pretty successful. I agree to 100%. You know, they're, um, Ryan Pretty, this is obviously their first season, and getting in the top 10, I, I think, still means something, um, especially with as, as competitive of a class as this has been the last uh, few years, you know, when David won his championship and then when Leah won hers, um, it's it's been a very competitive class, and, and that's one of the things that the fans love about it. That's what the drivers love about it. Um, you know, and, and so Ryan is a few points back of that top ten trying to get in in an 11th spot. Leah Pritchett, our champion, um, she she is 12 trying to get in there. Um, that's that's going to be something somewhat of a success on on what they're looking at as not the ideal season you know the the fact that that was her first round win was it, it we got to st louis before her first round win rather is um is a little shocking you know I, I don't think anybody saw that happening so there's still some little things that they can take away from from uh this race in dallas and that is you know hey let's get in the top 10 let's keep that single digit or or that uh that digit on that car um, to show that we still accomplish something this season. Um, and then, you know, you keep going down. Janik, obviously, uh, the only, one of the only ones uh, of the Stanfield clan to not be in the top ten. Uh, he can he can have a great weekend and jump right up in there, and, and so can Mark and Pete and, and Doug Hamp, who's kind of turned it on. 
these last few races, you know, had a really good showing at Indy, had a real good showing this past week. Um, he's, he's, uh, you know, going to be in Dallas and, and that might be somebody to, to look at, uh, how, how strong of a car those Barton engines are. And, and with, uh, Sam tech graduate, Travis Hilger, uh, tuning those things, they've, they've really been showing what they've got the last few races. I saw Travis out there. It has been fun, a great experience. Just to you know, talk Samtech for a second. Um, the the people that I'm meeting by doing the podcast, they hear me every week. I know you guys are out there, uh, you know, when we do the show. But I get to see them at the track only occasionally for moments uh, at a time as we're running around, you know, doing our, our, our racetrack stuff. Uh, it has been great to see and get to know more and more people have gone through the program, right? Because then it helps me when I'm actually talking about like what's going on with the school and going out there to have real names and faces and careers to put to the concept of what you guys are doing with the school. Well, that was, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that. And, and one of the big things this past weekend, we had uh, the semifinals three out of the four semifinalist teams uh, had a Sam Tech graduate, at least one on their team. So Travis was with Jesse, and obviously we've got Connor and Colin over with Stanfield and Archie, and um, who am I missing? Who are, oh, and Dave Kramer, obviously Chris Vang. Um, uh, you know, just, just, it shows that uh, what we're doing has real-world application, and, um, you know, if you're looking for graduates, let us know, obviously. But um, but we've we've got some hands-on experience, in and our success kind of shows, or our student success rather, graduate success um, shows what um, what type of people we're putting out in the workforce. Exactly, and uh, it was good to see, and uh, you know, no guarantees, kids, that you're going to be in Samtech Factory Stock Showdown, but it is definitely right. uh, cool to see that some of the graduates have gone on to great things. All right, I'm a little. This is bittersweet, though. Because the penultimate race is now in the books, and now we only have the ultimate race, like the final race, one to go. It'll be Dallas. We are headed to uh, Charlotte for the next race. Dave Kramer says he's going to run competition eliminator, so he's going to be testing. Who knows? Maybe he goes out and wins two in a row. But then when we get to the AAA Texas Fall Nationals, uh, it will be the end of the line for us. You know, we'll do a wrap-up show with the winner. We'll do a preview, do a wrap-up. But uh, it has been a lot of fun this year. And certainly made connections with a lot of our listeners out there, Brian. I hope you are as well. I've had several people, you know, stop me, uh, you know, pull me over, just say, you know, they love they love hearing from these drivers, uh, it, you know, and it's sometimes all about the Mellow Yellow series or, uh, you know, the people who are running 300 miles per hour. But the whole premise of this was that there are some really interesting and cool personalities that are working in and on these cars. And I think we've done a pretty good job of exposing a lot of that. I, I agree, and I there might be, um, you know, I don't know how we're, we're we'll figure out what we're going to do for next year, obviously, um, but uh, try not to run through too many of the same stories all over again. But uh, but there's definitely a lot of characters in this class, um, and it is a little surreal sometimes to see the the fan feedback of, oh hey, you know, I, I listen to the podcast, and you and Joe do a great job, and I, you know, to me this is just you and I having a conversation. It's not really even um, recording, and and so it's. Uh, Don't it's, say that. This is a lot of work. No, 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 and it, effort. It, it, well, but no, no. There is definitely <laughs> no, well, you do most of the work and put in most of the effort. Um, I just have to retweet and and uh, share what you post on Facebook and stuff. So that's easy for me. But um, but no, we we've had a great season. We've got a couple more episodes left, and and we appreciate everybody listening. Um, we. Um, we're, we're, we might do something special for the next one. I've got uh, a couple things that I want to give out to some of our listeners, and we'll figure out how to do that. But that will be on the Dallas preview show, um, and that will be in a week or so, a couple weeks after Charlotte. Exactly. Well, I am looking forward to it. Brian, good times out there in St. Louis Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. The cars were fast. The crowd was pumped. Uh, wheel stands left and right. Great, exciting, fun racing. We kept the rubber side down, which is always very important. And uh, I am fired up. We had a first-time winner. I am fired up about it, uh, where we officially crown a champion out there in Dallas. And I am very much looking forward to all of this. Brian, thank you very much. Thanks, Joe.
There he goes, Brian Massengill from samtech.edu with us here on Factory Stock Podcast. Met so many of you listeners out there at Worldwide Technology Raceway in St. Louis. And uh, as Brian mentioned, this is a track that we have been going to with Factory Stock for a while. And the class is getting more and more popular. Now, I know as championships are getting closer and closer to being decided, uh, you know, some people, like if you're a, a Dodge fan, you might be like, oh, we don't have a shot to win the championship, right? But what you did have was a chance to win the race. Leah getting her first round win and uh, getting, you know, getting involved in a very close race. Mark Powick has got a very quick and fast hot rod. So come Dallas, they are going to have a real legit shot to win. Same with the Copo Camaros and obviously you Ford Mustang people out there. You've had the dominant season, top to in points, but now that word parity, right? It's been achieved. I feel like it is very close. Now, I know that every combination has got its own evolution, and the Cobra Jet guys, they are having to really spin their engines um, to, to run the cars. That having been said, Low E.T. was a Cobra Jet, 85, by a lot, by a lot, so they still have huge potential with those four valve per cylinder engines the what i the, what i like to look at is that you know you got pro modified and you got a fuel and top alcohol dragster and you've got pro stock motorcycle what i'm talking about is three different categories where you have all these different range of combinations running together this is not easy that's all that's what i'm saying is it's not easy if you're the rules makers it's a challenge and this year the ford guys at the start of the season they got cubic inches and they got a new supercharger and they just getting after it early season. And now the class appears to be back to right where everybody wants it to be uh, in terms of uh, performance and most importantly, parity. What, what is my point? Well, it was it was a work in progress. It was going to take some time and it did. And I feel like we're very close, if not there. If we're not there, we are so close to being there uh, as far as the 2020 rules subscribe to factory stock podcast you are going to get a very in-depth discussion on that right here if you're new to the show which i imagine there are a lot of people every week are new they find it for the very first time like oh man i love those cars uh and i could do a better job of promoting the podcast out there on the mic honestly i could do a much better job Uh, but the reason is I, i know that you guys the listeners are really the best way Is somebody going to remember, like, oh, man, there was a podcast that they talked about. I'm going to go search for it. No. You guys that are the listeners who already like and enjoy and have listened all the way to the end of this to hear me uh, rattle around at the end, uh, tell people this is the best way. And you rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's the best way to get the word out. You can copy the link. You can share the link. Share it on your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And most importantly, tell your friends. You can even, you know, fire it off in an email. There are people that I have communicated with that start go back and start the season. Why would you not go back and see everything that un, listen to everything that unfolded over the course of the season and get up to date with the uh, the arc and evolution of Sam Tech Factory Stock Showdown? If you did that at the start of this year, you would be totally up to speed for the final race out there in Dallas. And remember, next year it will be ending off in Vegas, and it is going to be a spectacular situation. Vegas, baby. That's next year. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I do want to say congratulations, though, to to Dave Kramer and Archie Cohn and Leah and, uh, you know, everybody who has worked so hard. Kevin Helms had a great conversation with Kevin Helms. They are working so hard. They are taking this very seriously. This is going to continue to evolve into something spectacular. Dave Kramer talking about the wheels got to be up. How about that as an evolution? It was... It was giant wheel stands. And then for a while, they were less giant. And now I think they're perfect. Like a three to four foot hover the tires wheel stand for about 100 feet. That's exciting. It's exciting enough. You know, if you're pointed at the wall, you got to lift. That's pretty exciting. And one thing that I am a little bummed about, and, uh, you know, it is what it is, is I always get to watch the cars from behind, which is cool. But seeing them from the side, about 100 feet out, must be the most amazing experience because you get the sound and you see that wheel stand and the car's just getting after it. Seven second ETs out of a 3,500 pound car with stock parts. It's unreal. This class is unreal. And I really hope that, you know, some people 
chose not to run all the races. I get it. I understand why. You know, you're in the championship, then you're not in the championship. You go regroup for next year. Makes perfect sense. But I hope everybody shows up for Dallas. And I hope that is just one epic battle to be the final winner of 2019 so that somebody can go into the offseason and get to be the most recent winner for like four months, five months until Gainesville 2020. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. Thanks to David Kramer. Thanks to Brian Massengill. Thanks to everybody behind the scenes who helped put this thing together. Steve Brenwald, who did the artwork for the podcast. And everybody who has been very helpful. Sadie Glenn, who took the photographs. By the way, thank you very much, Sadie. Doing excellent work. This thing has been a great success. And we are coming down to it. We're going to have a preview show for Dallas. We'll, of course, have a Champions Edition. We'll catch up with some storylines. We'll go deep into some of the personalities. Maybe even have an off-season edition. But the only way you're not ever going to miss it is by clicking subscribe. I'm Joe Costello. You can follow me on Twitter at WFO Joe, and you can certainly listen to the WFO Radio NHRA Nitro podcast interviews. Just search that podcast as well, WFO Radio, and you will find us a whole host of other categories, Mellow Yellow Series, Lucas Oil Series, Alan Reinhardt, and others. Thank you so much for listening. See you in Dallas. Start your education at full speed with the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. In addition to the Blockhead and CNC programs, Sam now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an Associates of Applied Science degree. And Sam is a military-friendly school, approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today.